for the Athletic Podcast Network. This is The Update. I'm Steve Berman, in for Kate Scott. In today's show, our Raiders beat writer, Vic Tafer, joins us to tell us all about his time at the NFL Combine, which draft prospects impressed and look like potential fits for the Raiders, who have two first-round picks in the draft that starts on April 23rd. What's it been like getting to speak with General Manager Mike Mayock after he went radio silent during the regular season? And where might a certain quarterback known by some as the GOAT fit into the Raiders' plans? It's Monday, March 9th. Hey, Vic, thanks for joining us. No problem, man. Thanks for having me. Of course, uh, you mentioned 10 things on your Raiders to-do list at the Combine, and the last one was a little personal. Uh, Tell me, did you refrain from eating too much steak in Indy? It wasn't intentional, but I actually did not have a steak. First time I didn't have one. What? Yeah, I went to uh, a big meal out. was a seafood place. I had... uh, some really cool things. I had a thing called the chicken fried lobster, which was uh, phenomenal. Oh, wow. Had, had some scallops dynamite. That was my big meal. So I didn't really have the big steak uh, dinner this time, and so I, I kind of failed in that aspect. Well, what's scallops dynamite? I have to know this one. It's got like a little uh, crab cake crust on top with one sriracha sauce. Oh. It, was, it was fabulous. I mean, people told me it was great. And it was. So. Oh, you're already making me hungry. I should have had lunch before I came in here. You also said that any NFL reporter worth one salt has gotten great intel at an Indianapolis steakhouse or later at the downtown Steak and Shake at 2 a.m. The problem is sometimes remembering the intel that you get. What's the best nugget that you got from your time in Indy that you can remember, either Raiders-related or otherwise? I'll say this, though. It was definitely a huge outcry because the, uh, the Steak and Shake downtown, which is usually the spot where everybody goes, they go out drinking. There's usually the Prime 47 is the big uh, drinking spot for coaches and GMs and agents. Afterwards, you walk about 2 in the morning, 3 in the morning, the Steak and Shake, and then you, find, you talk more and more business over, uh, yeah. kind of get a little sobered up. But this year, for some reason, well, I know the reason, but this year they, uh, they were closed. The Steak and Shake closed at midnight downtown, so people were definitely... Pretty mad about that. I think that's not like, a great area year-round, so like yeah. usually at 2 a.m., Steak and Shake's not really the place you want to be. <laughs> this week, though, it, w- it would have been great, but uh, that was definitely a big setback for a lot of people this week. They couldn't deal with it. There was definitely a lot of outrage and a lot of shock. Anyone who's following the Raiders and reads your coverage knows their needs. Linebacker tops the list as it seemingly has since uh, we were both born. Did any prospects really stand out to you at the Combine? I think Isaiah Simmons was the guy everyone knew was going to do well. He's just a freakish athlete. They can play every spot in defense. They definitely did. He ran an incredible time, had great numbers across the board. So I think for the Raiders, it was always kind of a pipe dream at 12. Like, I mean, definitely if he's there, there's no doubt they'll take him. But uh, I think whatever small percentage that was going to happen, it's now probably zero. I mean, I think myself probably goes like fourth or fifth now, I think. So just a phenomenal athlete. Just nowadays, with the deep tight ends being such a dangerous weapon, this guy can cover tight ends. He can blitz the running, rush the quarterback. He can cover. He can play slot corner. So, I mean, just a guy who has so many tools. So that's a guy who really, I think, blew everybody away. I think the receivers all did pretty well. It was, it's a great receiver class. I think everybody kind of did a, did a good job with that. I think um, – just look at Jerry Judy, C.D. Lamb, those guys and Ruggs will be there probably at 12. One of those, two, uh, two of those three guys will be there at 12 if the Raiders want to go that way. So we get an impact guy for their, uh, for their passing game if that's what the way they want to go. Absolutely, and we know that Tyrell Williams was a little bit of a disappointment with the foot injury and everything like that. Renfro was actually a great addition as a rookie, surpassed everyone's expectations, I think. Obviously, Mayock loves his Clemson guys, and there was a funny clip, uh, I think you embedded in one of your stories, of his reaction after Simmons ran that 4.39, which was absolutely freakish. 
But as you said, that's going to put the Raiders in a position where they can't get them unless they would trade up. And you were saying that that's probably unlikely. What about T. Higgins from Clemson? Because that's another Clemson guy. Mayock loves his Clemson guys. He didn't actually work out of the combine, but do you see him as someone the Raiders might look at? Yeah, he's a big target. Definitely uh, gets open down the field, makes uh, high point catches and stuff. Uh, he's a guy you probably won't get at 12 or 19, probably trade back a little bit in the first round. He'll probably be there, but definitely I think he's on the board as far as guys are looking at. Just a matter of like, what can you get maximum impact for at 12? Can you get a top defensive player and pick a receiver later? The problem with that is, is I think there's only like probably four or five guys who are really like above the crowd in terms of the defensive side of the ball. There's yeah. like a couple cornerbacks and there's some. Um, Simmons I mentioned, and I thought Javon Kinlaw was that fifth guy, the D-tackle from South Carolina, but I don't think they like him that much. I think he won't be a guy they look at at 12. So I think now, in terms of bang for your buck at 12, maybe you take the top receiver and go uh, somewhere else at 19 or trade back further down the board. Yeah, you've been mentioning that 19 trading down from there is somewhere that the Raiders might look to do. You know, a lot of times it's about GMs and who they actually have good relationships with, and that's sort of how you can get a clue as to who they might work with. Have you noticed anybody who might want to move up to that number 19 that the Raiders have any sort of kind of simpatico relationship with and they can trade down? Not really, but I'll say this. Mike Mayock, does a, he's did a really good job. He was the you know, NFL Network you know, draft guru for years, so he definitely was around all these teams at pro days and definitely got to know everyone really well. So as far as making the phone call and getting some instant intel about who wants to go up where, I think he'll be good at that. I think definitely uh, that's why I think last year's relying on that when they want to trade down and ideally get Cleveland Furl later on in the draft. But there was a weird drop board last year. There weren't really um, teams that wanted to trade up because most of the guys kind of after the first two or three kind of clumped together, so he found out that he couldn't trade down, and then they took Cleveland Farrell fourth, which wasn't the optimal result. I think he's a good player. He definitely has a, a high floor, but not the impact guy you want at four. So in that case, they wanted to trade down, you couldn't, so then what's, what's plan B? And they take the guy they liked, which, again, not great value, but you got to go with what you like. You mentioned some of the receivers that could be available at 12. Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, the third out of Alabama, C.D. Lamb from Oklahoma, Justin Jefferson's there maybe as well. Dane Brugler from The Athletic had the Raiders actually taking Lamb in his latest mock draft, and I've seen Judy go in that same spot as well. If you had to flip a coin and those two guys were available, who do you think the Raiders go with? It's a good question. I really have no read on which both guys are definitely very fluid, very big-time receivers. Yeah. I think in the back of my mind, my gut feeling is that you know, John Gruden said he wants a Tyreek Hill type. And to me, you look at this draft class, and that's definitely Ruggs. Ruggs is definitely a guy who's a little raw, but just incredible speed, has you know playmaking ability. You can use him in a lot of different ways. Or on the field, you can do like the, the jet sweeps. You can use him to run the ball. You can. So that's a guy I think if they are going to go high for a receiver, I just think John Gruden's going to want his, his own little Tyreek Hill. So I'm, my gut, it's not really based on anything but my own gut. I would say you go rugs over those two guys, but I could be wrong. Wow, yeah, that's actually pretty interesting because he definitely opened some eyes with his combine performance, but you think that maybe they go for somebody a little bit more polished, but that Tyreek Hill situation, it seems like the, the Raiders are dead set on looking at the Chiefs because the Chiefs just won the Super Bowl. They're going to have Patrick Mahomes forever, and that's the team they're going to have to go after. That kind of brings us to free agency, and you actually wrote that Chris Harris is a guy that might be someone that they would target. Obviously, he has experience. I look at him, though, and he was actually one of the best slot corners in football for a long time, and you also said that the Raiders need a number one guy to go with Trayvon Mullen and all the other cornerbacks that they have. And then you have Byron Jones as well, who might be a little bit more expensive because he's a little younger. You also have Jets receiver Robbie Anderson, Rams linebacker Corey Littleton. 
First day of free agency, the Raiders might pounce quickly because they got all this cap space. Where do you think they're going to go? I still think they're going to go after uh, Anderson, the receiver. I think they like him a lot. I think they like – John's always loved veteran receivers. I think that will give him some of the cushion. Won't be the urgent need to get one early on in the first round. I think he fits their uh, offense pretty well. He knows Johnny Morton, their offensive consultant. He worked with him in the Jets. They know him pretty well. Um, again, the price tag will be the key thing. I don't know if he's worth you know $12 million a year, but I think they have the money, so I think they're going to make a, a splash if they're either him or one of the cornerbacks. I know you mentioned Harris playing the slot. Last year he played outside. didn't work as well as he had in, in the slot previously, right. but they like him just in terms of his sticky coverage. I think um, as of right now, the plan is to keep LaMarcus Joyner at slot corner. I mean, I think most fans want that to change. They want him back at safety. But uh, what I'm hearing so far is it's not they're going to keep him where he is. But that could all change based on who they get. So I think um, they could play Chris Harris outside. I think he's definitely a, a veteran guy could help Trayvon Mullen. And they have so many young cornerbacks. they got Trayvon Mullen, Keyshawn Nixon, Isaiah Johnson, guys who need a little more grooming, a little more mentoring. So I think he'd be great at that. So and so, so Byron Jones. Byron Jones, I think, will cost a lot more, though. So he's three years younger, but you're paying for the difference in age. They're probably going to pay probably a million dollars per year. But he is younger, so that's yeah. the point. I don't know if they love him that much, but uh, I think these cornerbacks usually go pretty high in free agency. He's definitely the top one. Back in my mind, I could see them like rolling the dice and, and going with Josh Norman for a lot cheaper. Josh Norman's the guy who was elite at one point, definitely fell off the cliff a little bit, but I think um, from what I've heard, Jay Gruden liked him a lot in terms of, and, and Jay definitely is in John's ear, so that's one I wouldn't totally be. Uh, dismissive of as an option if they didn't want to spend the huge money on, on Jones or Harris, they want to go somewhere a little more. A little, more, little less money and get other areas filled, I think I could go with Josh Norman. That's such an old-school Raiders move, too, right? The guy who's a little bit on the other side, but a big name, someone you feel like can be a reclamation project. Norman's definitely an interesting name. Now, you mentioned the fans, kind of a polarizing name coming up, but I can't go too much farther before bringing up Tom Brady. So what are you hearing about the Raiders' current interest and has that changed at all maybe in the last week? And how likely is it that Brady would even consider coming to Las Vegas? Who's the most polarizing name, Tom Brady or Derek Carr? That's exactly. Their fans are really <laughs> uh, crazy about their, their mood swings and how they, they love Carr or you hate Carr. There's no in-between, which I think if anyone deserves an in-between rating, it's him. He's kind of had flashes in 2016. I was MVP, had some big years, has been yep. hurt. But last year he wasn't that bad. Last year there was a lot of excuses he could use. Obviously, Antonio Brown kind of blew things up, and then Tyrell Williams got hurt, and so I think he, I think he's been pretty much proven to be a middle of the road quarterback. Probably, you know, if you rank the quarterbacks one to thirty-two, Carr's probably right around 15, 16, 17. So that's not bad. Definitely, I think last year was better in year two with Gruden than he was in year one. So I think, yeah, Tom Brady definitely is an, is an option. I think Tom Brady has to decide where he wants to go. If he really wants, if he thinks the Raiders can get to that next level quickly, then he might do it. But I think he wants to be back. In the Super Bowl next year, either with the Patriots or with, I mean, I'm hearing without, without. He wants to improve himself and, and kind of show he can do it on his own. So I just don't know if the Raiders are that fit in terms of that. But in terms of everything else, I think that I mean, John Gruden definitely would make the offense work around him. I think they'd love to have him on billboards in Vegas. So I think um, I think yep. it's, if you list like the four or five teams that probably will end up on, they're on the list. So I think um, things are kind of up in the air. I think Derek's definitely, I'm sure, you know, waiting to hear how this finishes up because once Tom Brady signs somewhere else, then I think Derek Carr is in the clear. I'm not sure there's a lot of other options out there besides Derek, besides uh, Tom that really take Derek's job. So I think that's um, nothing's really changed in the last week. Everyone's kind of waiting on Brady to decide. And I think until he does, you have like a handful of teams also waiting, also waiting to see what they're going to do. Yeah, you mentioned the Raiders fan reaction to Derek Carr. I was there at the game, the last game in Oakland with you, and 
I'll never forget that box of nachos that flew out of the black hole into the end zone as Derek's trying to reach out and say, hey, guys, I love you. I'll miss you. And, hey, here's my nachos that for some reason I didn't eat. I was saving them throughout the game in order to throw them at someone, apparently. How do you feel like Derek is handling all of this? There's, you know, everyone kind of discerns his Instagram posts with a fine-tooth comb to see if, oh, is he trolling this? Is he doing that? What do you think? Obviously, his family gets kind of thrown into the mix. People hear comments from his brothers. How do you feel like Derek himself personally is handling it? And at this point, is he kind of shifting to where eh, maybe actually I don't want to be in Vegas? I think he definitely was trolling with his Instagram post. Definitely he's having some fun at the fans' expense. I think it's like you mentioned the last game. That hurt him, definitely. Definitely after six years to go out with being booed and you know, and fans throwing things at you is not the way you want to go out. I think he felt he deserved a little more than that yeah. based on – some of the wins have had there. So I just think he's uh, he wants a fresh start, whether it be he said in Vegas, which is ideally his fresh start, but could be somewhere else. I think um, he wanted that affirmation this year. Like when we had the last day of the, of the season after it was over, they packed up their locker, all the players, you know, packed their things in boxes in the locker. He talked to us afterwards before John talked to us. And he said, you know, I'll talk, talk to the coaches today. I'll be back. I know, I know I'll be back in Vegas. And I think he wanted that to kind of like carry on to John's press conference. John, like, yeah, he's, we talked to him this morning. He's going to be back. But John didn't say that. John's like, yeah, I'm not going over next year. And I'm not making any, you know. So I think Derek definitely wanted um, John to put the little, you know, exclamation mark on his little sentence there. And he didn't do it. He hasn't yet. They've been very nice to him. Like the combine, both he and Mayak said, Derek's done good things. We like Derek. He's gotten better. That's what you got to say. But they definitely are exploring other options. I think, um, so yeah, I'm sure Derek, like everybody else, is wondering what uh, what's next and how long this is going to be for. Is he going to be here like you know for one more year? Is it? I don't get the, I don't get the sense it's a long term deal. I think he must not get that either. He must get a sense that if he is back next year, it's kind of a prove it deal again. He has to prove these guys that he's the guy long term because I don't think there's there's something missing there as far as the connection goes. And we also have seen sort of a shift in dynamics with the team not yet in Vegas but going to move there. And you're seeing Mark Davis in Vegas, you know, that picture of him and smiling ear to ear, seeing Tom Brady like, oh, you're my hero. Almost sort of the same way it was with Gruden during the intro press conference. It looked like Mark Davis is happiest day of his life. In fact, I think he said it was the happiest day of his life when uh, John Gruden was introduced. When you're paying a guy $100 million, it's the happiest day in your life. And you know you really love that guy. Yeah. I mean, to me, I'd be like, I don't want to pay this guy $100 million. But, I mean, he really loves John. I definitely thinks John's a guy to get this over the hump. I think they made some progress last year. They're looking forward to the stadium in Vegas, looking forward to the whole new the market and the fans, just the whole buzz. And and really, they, they believe that the allure of Vegas and the no state taxes are going to really help them get top free agents. I think that's going to be a big factor in a couple of weeks. So they think they're close. They think that if they get the quarterback thing figured out, whether it's Derek or, or Brady, or I think, I think that's two options. But, and, um, and also get some guys in free agency and some good draft picks that can be in the mix next year. One thing I'm wondering about the move to Vegas, and they haven't moved all operations there yet, and it's kind of nebulous in terms of what they're going to be doing in terms of the off-season summer stuff, but what are you hearing about the move in general in terms of how the stadium's going? Is, how's progress going? Is it almost finished? And how about uh, for fans who are wondering, have all the seats been sold out? Have all the PSLs been bought? How's things going on that, all that stuff? Yeah, everything I've heard, the stadium's definitely on progress. It should be done, I think, in a couple months, I think. I think I think the facility's done in June. stadium's done in July, I believe. And I think as far as PSLs go, they have sold out. So I think definitely the fan support's definitely there. I think um, you know, the fans in Vegas really took to the hockey team a couple years back. They really, it was amazing. I think that Mark Davis and Raiders, people are really anxious for the same kind of thing, just to be totally embraced and have people throw money at you. And, yeah. and, and they, want, they want wins back in return. But... 
at this point, I think this couldn't have gone better for them. They're really happy about the way things are going, and uh, they're really excited about the future. Whether they stick with Carr or they go after Brady, you're still probably going to need to draft a quarterback, I would think. You wrote that uh, Gruden doesn't really seem really that high in uh, Tuatonga Vailoa or Justin Herbert, and Mayock has reservations about Jordan Love. Jalen Hurts, you wrote about him. You had a nice article about him. His running ability could open up possibilities as maybe like a Taysom Hill-like guy on, on certain plays as a part-time weapon, even during his rookie season, and then you groom to be a starter. Do you see him, though, available in round three? Because the Raiders, obviously, at this point, that could always change if they trade down, but they only have picks in rounds one, then three, not in two. Well, let me qualify all those things. So the first one you mentioned was two on Herbert. I think they liked them, but not enough. To trade up to get to a top five pick from 12 would cost a lot. Yeah. Like, they don't have very many picks to begin with. So I think even if they liked them a little bit, they don't, they're not totally like you know, Gaga over heels to get these guys. So I think that's why those won't happen. Jordan Love, Mac may be, may be lying. Mac, that means classically, if you hear a guy say, well, this guy's got some accuracy problems, got throws a lot of picks. I think what really he's trying to say is I love the guy. I thought, I'm not, that one I'm not quite sure of. The problem with that is that they picked 12 and 19, and you mentioned everyone wants to be like the Chiefs. The Raiders do. Everybody does. And Patrick, yeah. Patrick Mahomes is the hot the hot guy. So you look at Jordan Love, and you, you squint your eyes, and you really like kind of like make it look a little fuzzy. He looks like Patrick Mahomes. looks like he's very mobile. He has a big arm. He can get out of the pocket and make plays. The accuracy's not there. The game tape wasn't great. But in terms of uh, the combine, the workout, you just see him, you know, throwing the guys, and you see how big he is and strong he is and fast. A lot of teams fall in love with that kind of guy. So I think 12, I think that's, that seems high to me. And I don't, I'm not sure he'll be there at 19. So I think that's where, if you're other Raiders, if you like Jordan Love, that's a tough one to figure out. And then um, moving on to Hertz, I think Hertz is a guy that they have three third round picks. And I think um, before his workout, in the back of their mind, they probably think, you know what, we'll get him with one of those third round picks. Everything's you know, golden. Problem was, he did really, really well at the combine. He threw really well. He ran really well. Yeah. He did really well in the interviews. He sees like the leadership, the leadership quality he's had at both Bama and Oklahoma really stood out. So he's a guy who definitely commands a room. Very serious customer. I think I tweeted out. He reminds me of Andre Ward kind of when I talked to Andre back in the years ago. Just a very focused, sol- you know, just a solid approach. Kind of like no BS. Just kind of this is what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. It's not me being cocky. This is this is what I'm going to do because this is how good I am. And how, I'm going to show you. And so it's not. This is kind of like a matter of fact approach, to like just establishing yourself as being a key guy in the league. So I think that I mean, for now at this point now, the Raiders are going to probably trade up. I think the, I think the second round now is where he's going. So the three third round picks don't really help you right now. So if you really want Jalen Hurts to be your guy, whether it's after Carr or after Brady to be the next guy in line, you got to pay a little price. You got to move up a little bit. So I think that'll be also a a key question mark this draft. How about any sleeper quarterbacks that they could draft maybe later on? The guy from Florida International, I always forget his first name is Morgan. I think it's James Morgan. Did a nice job. He's definitely a big kid. He's definitely strong. A little raw, but I mean, Florida International, he should be raw. I mean, so if he's dominating there, he'd be going a lot higher. But he did well for himself at the combine. I think he's a guy that's going to be on a lot of teams' boards by third or fourth round. So I think if you decide the price for Hurts is too much, you don't want to move up, you have too many other needs, you want to keep your picks. He could be an option later on. I think he's a guy who definitely projects well as like the kind of guy to look for the tools that a quarterback has in this league. Thinking about something that we were talking about with Las Vegas, Dana White doing a little uh, interview on IG with Tom Brady was kind of interesting. And it kind of makes you think about what the Raiders are going to become after in Oakland, sort of in this sort of 
middle ground of not really knowing where they're going to be, not really being the most relevant team in the Bay Area with the 49ers leading, and now going to a place where it's all about showbiz and glitz and how much the Raiders are going to kind of fall victim to things like going after Tom Brady or if they're going to stay conservative and stick to the plan. Mike Mayock is a guy who seems very businesslike, very much about the numbers and the football personnel and the combine measurements and, and watching the tape. John Gruden's a guy who kind of has a little bit of a flair for the dramatic. And Mark Davis seems like he kind of goes where John Gruden goes and seems like he kind of enjoys some of that Las Vegas attention. So that's going to be something very interesting to follow in the months to come. Yeah, I think Gruden's definitely a bona fide celebrity wherever he goes. I think that in Vegas, that will be magnified. I think it will be all the billboards. He'll be, he's already partying with Carrot Top and with Aerosmith. And he's, doing <laughs> all, he's making all the rounds. So I think he definitely loves the whole attention and just the atmosphere. And again, it all comes to the winning. If they, if they get off to a good start and win, it'll go bigger and bigger and bigger. If they lose, after they get a rough start, then he'll probably turn a little surly and things will not be the way he envisioned. But right now, everything looks great. He's definitely enjoying the uh, the transition. Is Caretop still in Vegas? Caretop is, has a regular show, apparently. But I'm not sure which casino it is, but he's a regular headliner. And John put on social media that he was at post-show post and they're hanging out and... So they're buds. So, I mean, they both work out a lot. John's got a lot, a lot bigger in terms of the weight room, and so is Carrot <laughs> Top's pretty buffed. So, I mean, probably exchanging smoothie recipes and, like, workout tips probably might be working out together. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure I'll be seeing a lot more Carrot Top in my future. So I never have before, but I'll definitely be uh, – well aware of his stick. So what you're saying is John Gruden's going to come back, all of a sudden he's going to have filler in his cheeks and some weird lips and plastic surgery everywhere like uh, Caratop does? Or he'll just have Caratop around. Caratop will be on the scene. So like Caratop will be in the locker room, will be a post-game, like probably high-five on the sidelines. I wonder how many sideline passes he'll have for celebrities. Like if, like, uh, I don't know. What Guy Fieri's going to get jealous. Guy Fieri will get jealous, definitely. I mean, uh, got those Australian Bee Gees are big in Vegas. They'll probably be on the sidelines. <laughs> it's going to be uh, interesting to see what happens. Uh, also, actually, you're talking about this. I think fans, you know, maybe summer know exactly what's going to be going on with you next year, but just to kind of explain exactly what your role is going to be in terms of Raiders coverage. I'll still be covering the Raiders. We're still uh, working out the details, but I'll be definitely there. I'll be in Vegas uh, on the scene. Uh, we we'll, might have some help. It's a little tease. might have another person help me out a little bit, but... Um, yeah, I think we're there. Like you said, they're, they're here pretty much in the area through training camps in Napa again this year. So nothing will change until uh, until August. Then we'll change gears. But I'll be there in Vegas, and there might be some wrinkles that will uh, will unveil between now and then. But uh, that's what we're doing, and I'm pretty excited about it. Like I said, the market is definitely uh, very eager for the Raiders. Now I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to kind of diving into that market and seeing uh, just how, how crazy it is. See how crazy it is if they sign Brady, then you're going to be having to deal with some much bigger scrums than you're used to. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I know while talking to all the uh, reporters in, at the Combine from uh, New England, if you go somewhere else besides New England, they want it to be Vegas. They want to go to Vegas and cover all the Tom Brady games and the whole like practice, practices. And So they're rooting for Vegas, if not if not the Patriots. Well, yeah, if it's Vegas or Nashville. <laughs> Nashville's pretty fun, man. Don't sleep on Nashville. Nashville's a good town. I like Nashville. Except for the tornadoes, I yeah, guess. Yeah, I mean, a uh, shout-out to the people who survived, hopefully, uh, prayers and, and thoughts with them. But definitely, yeah. it's a great town. It's a great city, and I think... Um, to me, they might be the favorites in this whole thing with Brady. I could definitely see Rabel in here tight. I think they're pretty close to being, you know, a top team. So I think that would be my favorite right now as far as the uh, the Brady sweepstakes. Well, we'll definitely follow all of that and see where Brady lands, where Carr lands, and what the Raiders do in free agency in the draft. Thanks for coming on, Vic. Really appreciate it. No problem, man. Thanks for having me. 
If you do like the podcast, we do hope you rate, review, and subscribe. That's what keeps us going. We appreciate all the support here at The Athletic. Uh, Coming up next on the update, we're going to be talking about the team, the one team actually that's still staying in Oakland, the Oakland A's, with Alex Coffey, our new beat writer at The Athletic. She's been bringing us some great stories about the team from Mesa, Arizona. So we'll talk about the status of those young arms in the rotation, if A.J. Puck is looking healthy, and how well prepared she thinks they are to finally jump ahead of the Astros in the AL West. Thank you to Kate Scott for letting me sit in, Brian and Tanika, and we look forward to talking to you again on Wednesday.